whistleblower report exposing lies deceptions and all that has assaulted our way of life we must take back our freedom and live as god designed in a free america that honors our constitution and our creator our experts in medicine, ministry, law, military, environment, and education empower us to grow together as a nation. For such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. Welcome, everybody. This is Mike Gary, your host. You know me as Major Mike Gary on past shows. And this is a whistleblower report faith segment. And it's going to be an interesting show today. I'm going to try to shed light on Father Abraham or the seed of Abraham as uh, this topic has become quite popular since October 7th, which was the Hamas attack on the Israelis. And uh, it's been a program that I've been wanting to do for a while, but I haven't felt confident enough to do it. And um, but it should be really interesting as I kind of lay out scripture And my in what I intend to do is to lay out current events and then go into scripture. So the first part of the show will be um, current events. And then the second half will be overlaying the scriptures around Father Abraham and hopefully gaining a deeper understanding, at least uh, knowing what the Bible actually says about Father Abraham. Okay, I want to thank uh, the Truth for Health Foundation donors that have helped uh, the legal recipients with your funds. We really appreciate that. Uh, The funds have been obviously lower over this past year as everybody's wallets have taken a big shot to all this super inflation that we're going through and and all the other trials and tribulations that we've been going through. But we have a unique opportunity here at the Truth for Health Foundation. We're actually going up to America Festival up in Phoenix, Arizona, and I'm going to fly in to represent uh, from me. And Doc Vliet has uh, chosen me and our IT specialist to go up there and a couple others to support the mission. And we're hoping to generate some new interest. And one of those new interests, I think, or a really important thing is people are becoming more aware of the turbo cancers that are out there. And Dr. Vliet has just done a tremendous um group of seminars over on her faith over fear program so check out the faith over fear programs that she's done and she just did one uh through the month of november on turbo cancers and possible treatments to that and things that will help uh help you get through that process and so i would highly recommend everybody go there and check out the faith over fear programs that deal with turbo cancers spread those links around And this gives people hope. And aren't we in the season of hope? You know, this the season of the nativity and the coming uh, uh, birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. So go ahead and spread that around. 
Those who have donated to the Truth for Health, we greatly thank you so much. We intend to pursue more legal battles as the tide, I think we all see it, the tide is finally turning and the truth is out there in a massive way and Twitter seem, or X seems to be unleashed uh, in our favor, fully representing the First Amendment. So, Go ahead and uh, do that. Like I said, spread that around. And right out of the gate, I just want to give myself the disclaimer. I'm Even though I'm still partially in the military, I'm not representing the Department of Defense. I'm a free man. Uh, lost my full-time job to the, you know, the Department of Defense. So I work for the Truth for Health uh, part-time, and I'm representing them. And that's okay. So these are my own opinions. And it, you guys know me as... Major Mike Gary with the Seaburn expertise, Chem Biorad Nuclear. And you know, I've got 25 years. So I have that experience that I like to overlay with Bible scriptures. And that's why I have been uh, compelled and I feel like I'm energized when I do these faith reports. So, um, what I'd like to do moving on here into the program is it's kind of funny as a been thinking about this for a while i didn't want to jump right out like like a lot of people have been able to i wanted to kind of think about what's going on with um the israel hamas war that's going on and we know we live in a time of lies and propaganda and it's so prevalent everywhere and i think as we've moved into these last three years if you get my drift we've realized the lies have magnified and our current situations have gotten worse, like I was just talking about. Uh, donations have gone down just because people don't have uh, free money. They're just trying to survive. I know up here in certain rural areas in the Northeast, people are are, are going to have a hard time getting through this winter because uh, there's just not a lot of free cash, especially if you're on a fixed income. So this this propaganda is very thick and it's very dividing and this isn't you know this is a great issue we're trying to get through truth get to truth right what is truth right we did this whole truth project um which i highly recommend to people to go and check out the truth project that we did over 13 weeks well truth is is the lord jesus christ he came to testify about the truth which is our reality, where we come from, why God created us, and what we're meant to be. And that is truth, right? So for this program, the guiding scripture, which seems to be dividing a lot of uh, Christians right now, and I don't think it's a fair, I don't think it's like a 50-50 split. I think it's like maybe like a 30-70 split of how it's dividing. And it's about, it's Genesis 12. And it says, now the Lord had said to Abraham, or excuse me, Abram, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. And I'll make you a great nation. I will bless you and make you your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And I'm going to say that again. In you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. 
Okay. So, so moving on to verse four. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Then Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all the possessions that they had gathered and the people whom that they had acquired in Haran, and they departed to go to a land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. Abram passed through the land to the uh, place of Shechem as far as Terebinth tree of Morah, and the Canaanites were then in the land. Then Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants, I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord, who had appeared to him. And he moved from there to the mountains of the east of Bethel. And he pitched his tent with Bethel on west in Ai, which is a, a, a town, Ai, not a artificial intelligence on the east. There he built the, an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. So Abram journeyed going on still toward the south. Okay. And th that was Genesis 12 verses one through nine. Okay. So the important, the, the piece that's causing friction in the Christian realm or belief here is I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That last piece that I repeated is hardly ever said that through Abraham, all people shall be blessed. Okay. So anyway, I want to shed some light on that. And uh, before I get into current events here, I just want to state this. Abraham's uh, name meaning, okay? While many suggest that Abraham means exalted father and Abraham means father of multitude, both names, in fact, mean exactly the same thing. Father lifted up or exalted father. The beginning of both names is Ab, Abba, father. The, the ram in Abram is meaning lifted, a parent root. The raham in Abraham is also means lifted, but as a child root derived from a parent. So again, his name means all children will be lifted up, which means to me means all people can be blessed through him. And I think that's the importance of his name. And certainly it's worth mentioning Isaac and Jacob too here in their name meanings. Okay. So Isaac translation, he laughs, will laugh. And this is a direct uh, correlation to Sarai at the time or Sarah when she was listening as the Lord Jesus Christ, pre-incarnate Christ with angels visited Abraham and, and they told him he's still to have the promised child, which is Isaac, right? She laughed. She was over. She was eavesdropping uh, from behind, behind the curtain and laughed. And Christ pointed it out. Pre-incarnate Christ is what I believe, or the angel of the Lord. I tend to accept the angel of the Lord as a pre-incarnate Christ when, it shows, when he shows up in the Old Testament scriptures. So anyway, that's where that meaning gets. He laughs, will laugh. And that was the laugh that Sarah did. Okay, so moving on, Jacob, in the case of Jacob, he grabs the heel. 
it was changed by God to Israel turns the head of God. As there was a change in character, there's also a change in the name, correct? All right. So Jacob actually wrestled with what I believe was a pre-incarnate Christ on the riverbank. He grabbed the heel and, and held on until he got the blessing from God. There was a change in his whole demeanor. He was then living for, uh, you know, a godly way, an Old Testament life towards God. And, and there was the name change to Israel. He turns to God turns his head of God, okay? So anyway, that's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and the meanings of their names, which I believe is incredibly important. And the Israel people, uh, Israel, or uh, being named after Jacob, Jacob getting the name Israel, those people that would settle in the promised land are incredibly important. God had to give us an example of, of a people in his dealings with men. So naturally, he had to pick a people to do this, and that's the Hebrews, the Israeli or Israelites uh, in the Old Testament. And then later, you know, there's a division in the kingdom, and then Judah would be the the side that would be talked about. So this is all incredibly important because it shows God's dealings with men and how He conducts Himself as the Creator of all, and shows through the, the is uh, the Hebrews. He also shows us how we act and how we're like stubborn little children. So this is incredibly important. So I just want to put that up front. And uh, what I'm going to do right now is move into uh, current events, okay? Because when, you know, I, I, I love prophecy, and I got to put this disclaimer up front. I love Bible prophecy. I thought I had it all figured out until current revelations. What I feel is God is doing a current revelation in all our lives right now. Nobody really knows where the heck things are going to end up. There's so many unknowns right now. In a way, I take great faith or great uh, confidence in this. This is weird to say. I know this is kind of counterintuitive, but in a way, nobody knows what's going to happen. This makes me feel like God is totally in control because he knows, right? And um, as we fight to keep the laws and the Constitution relevant in this country, um, as we fight to do that, I feel like we have made progress, and we, we have been sifted over the time, and we found each other. So us devout belief, Christian believers have found each other. And right now, I think our ways of communicating and our ways of getting things done are incredibly strong as you compare it to like three years ago. And I'm going to state the ultimate evil party in this or the bad guy in this. I think it's, it's Satan, right? But through this uh, new world order agenda uh and we see so many heads of it world economic forum you know un nato and then of course in our country we we are using agreed upon the term of deep state or shadow government and i think these all these things have joined forces to take up take out america and i truly see america as the city on the hill the the beacon of light of christianity 
which is spreading the gospel the way to the world. And I think uh, America has been instrumental at doing this. You know, the Christian uh, uh, missionaries that have gone across the world to do this, but, you know, time, effort in their lives has been instrumental at spreading the way to the world, the gospel. All right. And I think that's why in Satan's view, he has to take out America. That even means tricking America and twisting America into doing the wrong, wrong things. Okay. So what I have on this, when you get to the write-up, the, re, uh, the article, I have a lot of links to programs that I've been watching and reviewing. And I'm going to try to go down through them, do a little quick summary of them. <clears throat> and I'd highly recommend you go to them. They're, they're on either side <clears throat> of this debate. Either side is whether you choose uh, the Palestinian side or the Israeli side, right? Because this is what Satan likes to do. He likes to divide and conquer. And in this moment, I'd like to be a peacemaker. I'd like to be uh, a Sermon on the Mount uh, peacemaker in this. And I think we need to, uh, you know, actually preach for peace. Now, that being said, I fully honor and respect everybody to be able to defend themselves. Absolutely. Okay. So what I have, one of the things that I posted in the links that you'll see is simple questions. This is Michael Yawn. He says, uh, one of his first questions in the Substack on 4 December of 2023, and Michael Yawn is one of these um, retired veterans, but I think he's special forces, and he's been reporting on all the border stuff, okay, that's going on on our southern border here in America. And he, his first question is, on his Substack, is why did BB push the death jab? Okay, that was one of my first things three years ago was I understood Israel would be pushing uh, the death jab, the COVID jab, right? And this was a big problem for me. It made me look different at Israel because then I watched them actually force it on everybody. They forced it on everybody. And I became aware there was a small contingent that did not take it. But you had to have this thing to buy or sell. And this looked like the mark of the beast to me or at least a precursor to it. And this greatly disturbed me, especially around, uh, you know, the, the state of Israel. Now, another thing I'd like to point out, just because the, uh, the government of Israel, the state of Israel does something, doesn't mean this is the will of the people. So you got to separate these two things out. And we've seen that in Israel. They have been at odds, like we are in this country. So that's a thing that is hardly ever being talked about and needs to be discussed, that there is dissension within that country. And Israel is uh, heavily, um, uh, you know, they don't necessarily all follow their Judaism. They may be called Jews, but uh, a lot of them are atheists. And a lot of them are right into this uh, whole LGBTQ stuff. So that has to be factored in there. We're not necessarily talking about uh, Jews that follow the Old Testament doctrine. 
you know, they may be far from it, just like we are in this country. We're not really a Christian nation anymore uh, in a lot of ways. I think that's being actually battled out. Likewise, that may be in um, Israel. So Michael Yon also says this. How did the uh, his number two question is how did the best intelligence agency in the world, which is the Mossad, using the most sophisticated tools on Earth, miss the attack by seventh century savages? Right. I don't. That's my question of mine. How did this happen? This just seems all deep state-ish to me. It seems like false flag. It's very strange. Uh, that's the most sophisticated border in the on planet Earth. Okay. And then question three is why? Why did the ultra women and supermen of the IDF take more than seven hours to seriously respond to this terrorist attack? That's a question of mine. How did this? How could this be? Right. And then he also says when long time when it. Longtime hardcore Israel supporters such as I ask the questions, we are immediately branded as anti-Jew or anti-Semite, which, you know, this this is a this is a problem. We've been called there's so many names that stop a conversation. For example, you're a racist. That ends a questioning and conversation that needs or debate that needs to happen, right? You're an unvaxxed. So you don't get to say anything about the mandates, right? And that's how we've been living the last three years. So that stops debate and conversation. So th this is not good. Just like the term anti-Semite ends conversations, you don't get to ask questions and move on, okay? So this is a very concerning thing that continues to happen. There's, there's more and more examples of this. So anyway, that... Um, I've attached that in the links to the story. I think that's incredibly interesting and needs to be looked into and it needs to be addressed. It's, it's highly concerning. Now, the other thing <laughs> that article I found is very concerning to me as we move into half man, half machine, this AI stuff, and then uh, genetically corrupting people, right? We found contaminants now. We're all admitting to contaminants in the COVID vaccines, right? Making foreign proteins. I mean, this is widely accepted over these last couple of weeks. And, and there's a large push to pull these products now, right? That we found this. All this stuff is very concerning. So anyway, this is a story out of The Guardian. Uh, it's called The Gospel, How Israel Uses AI to Select Bombing Targets in Gaza. And this came out on the 1st of December of 2023. Israel's military has made no secret of the intensity of its bombardment of the Gaza Strip. In the early days of the offensive, the head of its air force spoke of relentless around-the-clock airstrikes um, his forces, he said, were only striking military targets, but he added, we are not being surgical. There has, however, been relatively little attention paid to the methods used by the Israeli uh, defense to select targets in Gaza and to the role of artificial intelligence has played in their bombing campaign. Okay. As Israel resumes as offensive after a seven-day ceasefire, there are mounting concerns about the IDF's targeting approach in a war against Hamas. That, according to the health ministry in Hamas, runs Gaza, uh, has so far killed 15,000 people. And this is where I'm highly concerned about a genocide, uh, you know, 
not condoning what Hamas did, but I'm highly concerned about what's going on in innocent innocents getting killed in these bombing campaigns. So this is where I say I'm a peacemaker in this. I don't want to see any more deaths. And, you know, I am a soldier. I grew up in warfare. And here I find myself older in life that I don't want to see people's lives extinguished. Uh, you know, if, if, if war is the last act between nations and it should be considered that way and it should be used only when somebody's getting tyrannical uh, to put them down as a last ditch effort uh, to actually, um, you know, have have relations between nations. So it also says the IDF has long uh, burnished its reputation for technical prowess and has previously made bold but un unverifiable claims about harnessing new technology. After 11-day war in Gaza in May of 2021, officials said Israel had fought its first AI war using machine learning and advanced computing. Okay, the latest Israel-Hamas war has provided an unprecedented opportunity for the IDF to use such tools in a much wider theater of operations, and in particular to deploy an AI targeting creation platform called the Gospel. And this sounds really blasphemous for me. Uh, the way, the Gospel. This is the way. And I can only imagine, that's all I'm going to read uh, from that story, but I can only imagine that this thing is using all the information it's seeing online on people's phones. I think this is how it's probably generating its targets. And that's highly, this is very like Terminator-ish, the movie Terminator. And it's, it's highly concerning. So quickly going down through the links that I'm provided there, uh, there's a guy named David Sorensen. I provided a link. He has an interesting perspective on what he believes is going on. He is a Christian. He's coming from that point of view. Uh, you'll see that I'm kind of coming from that point of view too. Uh, so I provided a link where he's uh, interviewed by Mike Adams. He's also made a movie, The Mystery of Israel Solved. So you're going to find those links. I would watch them. It's a different, even if you don't agree, it's good to get a different perspective um, and I think it's, it's, it's a good thing to kind of be aware of. Uh, there's also been many reports by the IDF retired generals and people that were part of the IDF as younger people early, especially early on, um, as the October 7th attack happened, there's a lot of Israelis coming out saying, how did this happen? That's where I got this question in the beginning. How did they breach this fence? And this is when I started to learn about it. I also provided a um, link to Scott Ritter's interview with Mike Adams as he was a Marine that was actually worked there in Israel for a time. He gives a really detailed perspective on their security forces. So I highly recommend that. He doesn't necessarily agree uh with some of the other links. So there you've got some interesting stuff to compare. Ron Paul back uh, a while ago, I don't have the date stamp for it. I provided a link to Ron Paul where he's talking about Hamas being an Israeli-American creation like Al-Qaeda. And that's highly concerning. So who gave them directive? Okay, so um, that link is provided and then also provided you a link for And We Know LT, who at 
there's like a timestamp that I'm going to give with it. And it goes over Benjamin Netanyahu and some things that he said. They're highly concerning things. And one of them is the shot. So I would check those things out. I also provide some current things that are going on in America with this uh, pro-Palestine slash pro-Hamas uh, you know, protesting, which they're, they're okay to protest, but now they're turning into riots and they shut down a freeway in Los Angeles yesterday and uh, they're threatening Jews. So here is this division that we have and it's highly concerning. So we are quickly running out of time for this first half. And uh, I just want to say for everybody out there, uh, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to discuss the scriptures, and and this is where I think we need to be, and we start need to go there to find our consensus on how to deal with these issues, okay? And that's what I'm going to attempt to do in the second half. But check out our website, www.truthforhealth.org. That's truthforhealth.org, and check out our resource guides, COVID treatment guides, all our faith over fear programs about turbo cancers, in our medicine ministry and in, in the, the uh, studies that we're doing there. And so go check those things out and we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk about scripture. Check out the new truth for health store at truthforhealthstore.com. We have exclusive professional formulas with Exciting new products, including True Mitochondrial Boost that can help improve your energy, memory, focus, and concentration. All of our products are manufactured in certified compliant facility using good manufacturing practices approved and inspected by the FDA. Check us out www.truthforhealthstore.com Welcome back to the second half of our show. This is a whistleblower report faith segment. And you know me as Mike Gary or Major Mike Gary. And as the Seaburn, resident Seaburn expert for the Truth for Health Foundation, Again, want to, before we move on, thank the, our donors and sign up to give donations as your donations have helped our nation's finest fight for our constitutional rights, okay? And so go to www.truthforhealth.org. That's truthforhealth.org and join our crusade. We are silent no more. Sign up for our email alerts. Join our Faith Over Fear programs. Join our medicine and ministry Bible studies. Again, we're going to move into one dealing about loss during the COVID era. And uh, the Truth Project was a great success. So go look, check into those things and also use all our resource guides that we have. We have tremendous things that help right now. COVID treatment guides, COVID vaccine injury treatment guides, which is the number one thing right now that we're finding. And then just so many good whistleblower reports with actual people on the ground that are dealing with these things. You can find find tremendous help in all this stuff. So uh, go to our website, sign up for all those alerts. And uh, I'm going to look at, let me see here. 
Looking into Genesis 12, I read it at the first part of the this show, and I'm going to quickly uh, go through it again. All right. So we're going to go uh, Genesis 12, 1 through uh, 3. Okay. So now the Lord has said to Abram, get over your country, get out of your country, excuse me, from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in your in you, all families of the earth shall be blessed. And I don't think that last part gets read often, so I think a lot of this is taken out of context. And this is causing division. We were talking about the division on the first um, first half of the show. And uh, although I do believe the left, the uh, liberal left side of things is being far more uh, uh, torn apart and divided in this Israel-Hamas war or this Israel-Palestine dividing, it seems like the left is actually may have stand a chance of falling apart where you're seeing the... um, the heads of so many entities like universities dividing from the students in these uh, places and it's happening. And, you know, you're seeing monetary contributions uh, from these older Jewish people that used to be very liberal leaning and supply the money to the universities and other, other, um, you know, institutions across this country that you see in them now separating where the students tend to be pro-Palestine or pro-Hamas. And it's incredibly interesting. But you also see in this on the right, the conservative Christian right, a division in this. And this is why I find this uniquely interesting. And this is why I believe we ask questions and we try to find those answers. And this is my effort to find answers in it, okay? So I just read Genesis 12, and now I'm going to go to where I feel the answer is, okay? And um, it's in Galatians 3, and I'm going to read the whole chapter here. It says, and this is uh, Paul speaking in Galatians, right? Justification by faith is what it's entitled in chapter 3. Oh, foolish Galatians. Who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? which I would argue is the law. Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Just just as Abraham believed God. Okay, flip the page here. And it was accounted to him for righteousness, Therefore, know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. I'm going to say that again. Therefore, this is verse 7. Therefore, know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. 
Okay. Now, I don't think I, I intended to open this whole program. Many may remember the song Father Abraham, right? It's funny how these things are ingrained in us as Christians. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause right here for a second on this verse. And the, the song, Father Abraham, that you've learned, it's a very obnoxious song as it keeps going. Uh, it, it goes, uh, Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons that Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. And it goes on and on and on. It just re repeats and repeats and repeats. Okay, he had many sons. And I just answered this in this verse 7, which I'm going to read again. Therefore, and this is verse 7. Therefore, know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. Okay. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand saying, in you all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Okay. And that's right there in Galatians 3. I'm going to read on. It says the law brings a curse. All right. So for as many as this, that's the little title. It's not inspired by God. So verse 10, for as many as are of works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident for the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in, Jesus, in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Uh, the changeless promise. This is verse 15. Brethren, I speak in the manner of men, though it is only a man's covenant, yet if it is confirmed, no one annuls or adds to it. Now to Abraham and his seed, where the promise is made, he does not say, and to seeds as of many, but as of one and to your seed, who is Christ. His seed is Christ. And this I say that the law, which has 430 years later, cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ, that it should make the promise of no effect. For if the inheritance is of the law, it is no longer of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. Okay, the purpose of the law, verse 19. What purpose then does the law serve? It was added because of transgressions till the seed, which is Christ, shall come to whom the promise was made and it was appointed through angels by the hand of the mediator. Now a mediator does not mediate for one only, but God is one. Is the law then against the promises of God? Certainly not. 
For if there had been a law given, which could have given life, truly righteousness would have been the law. But the scripture has confined, uh, excuse me, but the scripture has confined all under sin that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. But before faith came, we were kept under guard by the law, kept for the faith which would afterward be revealed. Therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ. It, it pointed out our sin. That was the purpose of the law. And this was the purpose of the Hebrews and the Israelites to do this for us. God had to work through a people, right? Uh, going back to uh, where I pick it up here. Therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. We are no longer under a tutor. Sons and heirs, and this is verse 26, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Amen to that. That's pretty powerful. Okay, so there's some more that I want to get to here, and I'm going to have to paraphrase uh, Genesis 17. This covers uh, the sign of the covenant, and obviously the sign of once Abraham fulfilled his act of faith, which was going to a promised land, a land that God would show him. And uh, because Abraham and Sarah had a moment of, unfaith or lack of faith okay where they couldn't wait for isaac to be born and they had ishmael through hagar the handmaid of sarah they couldn't wait so you know in this you find that they're people too he he's the man of faith and he had a moment where he lacked and this is i think very comforting in a way to know that these big men of faith or the hall of fame uh, of faith people like abraham they have moments where they're totally human and sinners okay and this is comforting in the fact that if they can be uh strong in their faith and, and have made mistakes that we can too and that's the important part here that i find so rewarding in the bible and that's why i love the bible it speaks absolute truth about things and i appreciate when people have character flaws or make mistakes or sin and it tells me that um, I don't have to learn relearn that sin. I can take what they've already showed me and, and revealed about themselves or admitted about themselves. And that's what the Bible does. You don't have to repeat it. And I'm going to make plenty of mistakes and sins myself. So in um, Genesis 17, we find out that the sign of the covenant uh, will eventually be circumcision, right? It was the fleshly uh, outward appearance of what Abraham did, okay? And then Ishmael is is alive at this point. Isaac is yet to be born, and it goes through that a little bit. But Abraham, at this moment, takes um, Abram. He's still Abram at this moment. He takes Ishmael and 
circumcises him along with himself. Okay. And Ishmael is blessed. He is a seed from Abraham or Abram at this time. And Hagar is taken care of by God. And that's incredibly important to know for me that God took care of that, those two, uh, you know, because be, just because a sin was involved in all this, it doesn't mean that they weren't, you know, they were unredeemable, okay? That they still had an opportunity to make it to heaven. And this is incredibly important because Abraham leads to Christ and Christ is the seed. And why did he come? To redeem humanity. And that means everybody. That means uh, Israelis, Palestinians, in all, okay? And certainly in this um, physical world, we have the ability to defend ourselves. We have laws, and sometimes these laws have to be followed, and people have to be imprisoned, or even if capital punishment is a thing, those have to be followed. And the the uh, Israelites or Hebrews had the law, the law, and that's what the law was a tutor to lead to Christ. Okay, and, and these laws had to be followed, just like God has given governments the ability to administer laws. And certainly when you have nations come against each other, it is a scary thing. So Genesis 17 deals with that. Okay, and now Romans 4, uh, Abraham justified before circumcision. And this is Paul saying this, Abraham justified by faith, Romans 4, beginning with verse 1. What then shall we say that Abraham our father has found according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he was something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. He believed. Now to him... Who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. Okay, so verse 5, which is titled, David celebrates the same truth. But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness, just as David also describes the blessedness of man to whom God imputes righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those who whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sin sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. Uh, verse nine, Abraham justified by before circumcision. Does this, and this is incredibly important. Does this blessedness then come upon the circumcised only or upon the uncircumcised also? For we say that faith was accounted to Abraham for righteousness, how then was it accounted? While he was circumcised or uncircumcised? Not while circumcised, Paul says, not while circumcised, but while uncircumcised. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had while still uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all those who believe. Though they are uncircumcised, that righteousness might be imputed to them also. And the father of the circumcision to those who not only are of the circumcision, but who also walk in the steps of faith, which are which our father Abraham had, had while still 
uncircumcised. I'm going to stop right here for a minute. He So was he Jew or Gentile? Was he Hebrew or Gentile? When he when he committed to his act of faith. Technically, he would have been a Gentile. He would have been of the Semitic people, uh, but he would have been a Gentile and a man of uncircumcision. And he did this act. He followed God, believed God, and did it. And this is a spiritual thing, although it was uh, memorialized in the flesh of the circumcision. Okay. I'm going to read on here. The promise granted through faith, verse 13. For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void, and the promise made of no effect, because the law brings about wrath. For where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sh sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of all of us, or us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations, like we talked about or earlier, in the presence of him, him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who, contrary to hope, in hope believed so that they he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall his descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead, since he was about a hundred years old in the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully convinced that what he had promised, he would also be able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us, it shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised up Jesus, our Lord, from the dead, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. All right. And then moving on, a couple of other things I'd like to point out before we end this whistleblower report faith segment is in Revelation, um, I just want to cover these quickly. Revelation 3, 9. And it says, Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you. So there seems to be a warning in the book of Revelation about those who say they're Jews and are not. So I find this incredibly interesting right now that some of the first few chapters of Revelation, you know, there was always a kind of a discussion whether they were talking about churches or they were talking about the Jewish people and uh, and whether they reference the church through the age of the Gentiles. So I don't know. 
right now I'm kind of open to a lot of new things learning. And I feel like we're in a moment of God's revelation uh, that he is very active and he's got us all in a spot that we need to learn. Like, like he's got us all set seated, you know, seated in a classroom and we're about to learn something new. I feel like the whole world is like that because nobody knows what's going to happen. It's a just a bunch of unknowns and God's going to show us something. So I wanted to point this uh, scripture out. And then also in Revelation 7, it, it's entitled the sealed of Israel, uh, beginning in verse 4. And it says, and I heard the number of those who were sealed. And this is during the tribulation time. 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel were sealed. And it and it goes on. It says, of the tribe of Judah, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Reuben, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Gad, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Asher, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Nephetili, uh 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Simeon, 12,000 were sealed. The tribe of Levi, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Ishakar, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Zebulon, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Joseph, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Benjamin, 12,000 were sealed. So there's something important about this remnant of Israel. Israel being one who turns his head to God. Okay? So... Where we're in the Christmas season, I want to end this way. I think we've covered enough <clears throat> scripture about the dividing. But let's remember, in Matthew 1, there's a genealogy listed out there. I'm not going to go through it. <laughs> However, picking up on verse 17, the nativity story and how we get to where we get from Abraham. The father of faith that moved during a time right after the consolidated New World Order power of Nimrod. This is the moment where Abraham had his stunning uh, moment of faith, and he actually walked the steps in that faith, uncircumcised, right? So verse 17 in chapter 1 of Matthew says, So all generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. From David until the captivity in Babylon are 14 generations. And from the captivity in Babylon until Christ are 14 generations. 14, 14, and 14. Now verse 18 says this. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take you, Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit of spirit, of faith, the faith that came from Abraham. Moving on to 21, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. 22, so all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, 
and they shall call his name Emmanuel, translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Pretty amazing story. Father Abraham to the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, which was brought forth by an act of faith in an uncircumcised man. So think about the ramifications of all this and think how this could actually unite people at this moment in time and help guide us through these this time of lies upon lies upon lies. And we are moving into the, uh, the Christmas season here and we will build upon what I just read in Matthew 1 for our next faith report next week. Hopefully this uh, report will air Friday the 15th. And then, of course, over that weekend, there's going to be America Fest. Well, there will be great opportunities for the gospel to be strengthened and encouraged. So I want you guys to consider these things. As the times get evil, so does our faith get stronger and our actions and fruit uh, in the Lord become stronger and more powerful and meaningful to those who need it. So I just want to thank everybody that uh, has listened to this program. Hopefully you found it incredibly helpful. And I just pray quickly, Lord Jesus, I just pray that these words have uh, have been helpful. I pray that I have done no harm to the scriptures. And I pray that this goes far and wide to those who actually need to hear this and strengthened by it. In Jesus the Christ's name, amen. Thank you for that. And then I just want to, again, before we end up, thank the donors and go to our website, www.truthforhealth.org. Join our crusade. We are silent no more. Sign up for our email alerts and check out all our resources that we provide for medical advice to ministry help and constitutional rights information. And... Uh, Take care, everybody, and we will talk next week or another face segment about the boldness and courageousness of the whole nativity scene at this moment in 2023. This is Mike Gary signing off. Merry Christmas.